Terminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit subliminalsf.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash subliminalsf. is a proud sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We appreciate how comedians are, well, they're poor, and they need a delicious and inexpensive alternative to craft beer. Now, that's why every Pabst Blue Ribbon is affordable and accessible to even the dirtiest of dickbag comedians, allowing them to be in public at a bar interacting with people they probably shouldn't, like women. So go buy your favorite comedian a PBR. They need the encouragement that someone, somewhere, cares what they have to say. Paps Blue Ribbon, keeping comedians funny with classically delicious flavor since 1844. Which is crazy, because it was America's best in 1893. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, Tony Sparks holds. At the brainwash, the mighty brainwash, oh yes, we got them jokes. Seven nights week, sponsored. Sunlight out of UK, Primitive Man of Denver, and Cult Leader, Salt Lake City, 8 p.m., $10, July 15th, brought to you by Subliminal SF. For complete listings and more information, visit SubliminalSF.com. Or check them out on Facebook. See you then. Asiento. 
Asiento, this locally owned Mission Neighborhood Bar and Restaurant, is excited to be a sponsor for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016. We hope you'll join us any night at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you were an audience member for happy hour pricing March 2nd through 6th at Asiento, 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out, featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu. This is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food without the restaurant uh, commitment. Siento. Don't be surprised if you suddenly find yourself at Asiento for the entire night. It feels just like home with bartender service. Asiento. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Beams <laughs> at Mutant Radius. <laughs> You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. It's Wednesday. It's high noon. I am high because I just had a big sip, about a half a bottle of the Alta California Botanicals Anxiety Tincture. I am feeling no anxiety whatsoever about the show today. Uh... About anything, really. Thanks, Alta California Botanicals. I am joined by my co-host, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wind. Good morning. I mean, afternoon. Yeah. High noon, baby. I like that purple eyeliner you're wearing. Thank you. You all can't see it on the... Is it purple or is it blue? You're looking super 80s. Yeah. It's because of David Bowie. That's all. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Colors. Colors. Uh, Things are going to be okay, everybody. We still can listen to his music. We're also joined today by Steve Poggi. Back again like a bad penny. (laughs) Steve Steve Poggi, comedian extraordinaire. Uh, So that means we have two misery people in the house. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We lost the Rams. They're gone. Oh, that is really messed up, dude. Like, what are they going to do with the arena? They're going to turn it, it into junk. Who, who fucking cares? Let's, the, the Chargers are leaving, too. What are they going to do with the um, Oco or, or whatever they I have no idea. What. I, I, yeah, I forget what their stadium's called. Yeah, it's it, not Orca. No, it's not The Oco is the Colise- right. Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. Raider Nation, which we heard they might or might not be leaving. N- none of this interests me that much. I just have to listen to my boyfriend talk about it all the time. So I'm like, <laughs> it's gotta, one of those things. You got to get an earful. The only reason why the lambs interest me is because it, they came in 95 and they at least have went to, they've won one Super Bowl and they've went to two. 
and the thing is st louis is in the shithole as it is with what's going on and the the one thing that at least can pull st louis's together was like football like sports like people love the cards and all that shit and now that the lambs are gone it kind of it's kind of bittersweet kind of sucks people are gonna be fighting in the streets again yeah killing each other i mean i guess this is one way to unite people in st louis like black white brown whatever that everyone's pissed off so that's one way so they can burn the stadium together burn the stadium that's called unity burning the stadium together You know, it, I mean, the thing is that maybe the United States does need a big war so that we can... It seems like we don't... Um, I, I don't know. I, I say reuse it, repurpose it for another thing, but it seems I like we just knock it down and make something better. Yeah. Uh, like they tried to do in Santa Clara. Oh, yeah. And that shithole where they're going to be having the 50th Super Bowl, this calling it San Francisco. It fucking pisses me off. That's not yeah. San Francisco. They've got the 50 in front of the city hall. And every time I go by it now, people are taking pictures in front of it. Oh, look, 50, 50 Super Bowl 50 is in San Francisco. No, it's not. It's in Santa Clara. It's in Santa Clara. It's not here. I used to be able to look at Candlestick from my my house. Aww. And it's really sad. It was just like, if they would have just had one more year, if they could have had the 50th celebration there. What, what, what's happened with Candlestick? Did we it's blow that gone. up yet? It's they gone. Blow, they blew it up. I, yeah. Yeah, well, they took they, they done blowed it up. They didn't blow, blow it up because the neighborhood was like, they didn't want, they were worried about asbestos and what have you with all the dust. Yeah, sure. So they took it. Because uh, asbestos and is asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they took it down piece by piece like a Lego. Uh. And so, and it came down pretty quick. I went by there and took pictures and what have you. It was, that was really sad too. I don't even like football. And like, just like the fact that I'm like, oh, candlestick's gone, you know. And then now, you know, you have it at the stadium in Santa Clara. It is, that's not it's the same not thing. San Francisco it's not 49ers. San Francisco. That's that's like it's a suburb. It's a suburb, absolutely. Yeah, it's okay, whatever. I'm upset about it too. It's so stupid. And and you know what? You're gonna be really upset when the Super Bowl, when all those people come. Oh my God! You're gonna get it. (laughs) Well, maybe I'll go down and I'll pass out flyers for the Mutiny Radio 2016 Comedy Festival. Do that. And I'll be like, hey, you're from out of town? Oh, you're from Texas? We have a Texas comedian coming. Stick around. Yeah, well, during uh, the Super Bowl week, that's the highest uh, like time for prostitution. Oh, sweet. I can make some money. Anything, yeah. So if you want to get out there and fucking shake your meat fan, yeah, people will pay for it. I was thinking about stripping on the weekends. Warren Sapp got busted after the last Super Bowl with two hookers. That's the thing, man. If you're going to get hookers and you're famous, you have to pay them. Right, you can't just Didn't try to pay. not pay the stripper or the hookers, because uh, that's no, hookers got diff- feelings. Hookers got feelings. Um, <laughs> stripping and hooking is different though, because yeah. right, one of right, them you right. just wipe your vagina juices on them, and one of them they right. wipe their penis juices in you. So it's a little bit <laughs> there different. There was a. There was some strip club in the east side of Illinois that my buddy was obsessed the with. The Roxy. And I, I wanted maybe that was it. No, I, there was. A, it's not pink slip because that's the black one. No, it was pink a rundown slip. one though, but. Circle. I used to hang out on the east side. That's right. Yeah. Go through them. Maybe it was wrong. But the the guy's hook to try to get people to go was, uh, you can get your nose wet for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> That's gross. What tell people. Like, oh, I don't think I want to join that. If it oh. was the Roxy, that was my favorite one. I used to go there and have coffee. I, I wanna. I can't remember <laughs> where. The first time I went into a strip club in St. Louis, like when I turned old enough, uh, we walked in, and like I looked over to the left. And there was a uh, like a cocktail waitress, 
and there was this big trucker guy, and she was like sticking a beer bottle in his ass. Oh. And uh, wow. my joke was, uh, hey, it's prison with a cover charge. Come on <laughs> wow. And he liked it. Yeah. I just can't. I, I just can't. I don't, I don't understand why people like to stick the things up their butts now. Like, you know, if, if I'm on top and you want to grab my ass a little and kind of go and you're sort of skirting the edges there, that's fine. But don't, what are we, what are we putting things in there for? I think people just get bored. Yeah, boredom. You can only put your inflatable blow-up fist in so many holes before you're like, well, let's stick it in the old butt. Let's see what we get out of that one. Wow. Uh, So today on the AltaCast, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, uh, we're going to talk about failed and successful uh, stories and trials with sobriety. Sobriety. Because comedian Steve Poggi right now is... Working on, uh, hasn't had a drink in two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it's different, though. I'm not considering that sobriety. Like, what, I got in trouble uh, a while back with that whole felony burglary thing, which if you want to hear that story, go to my website, stevepoji.com, <laughs> download my CD, Felony Funny, and uh, you can hear that whole thing. But after that, I took shit really seriously, and I was like, oh, dude, I got a fucking crazy-ass problem. But, uh, so I was sober for two years, but I was, like, preachy sober, like, like, you know, this is the way of the light. This is what everyone needs to do. And you were I'll never AA. Drink again. You were going to AA. I was going to AA, but I wasn't really using like the twelve-step program. Like I was just going there and like talking about. It. the song always plays when we go on air <laughs> i so ready i so ready you're so ready your body is ready hells yeah hello <laughs> what was that tomorrow comes today oh. that was a little uh intro music from the good old gorillas mm-hmm. who are uh making new shit maybe they'll be at outside line maybe probably not but maybe <laughs> Some other cool. Unless they come out with his their new stuff like that month. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Soon. <laughs> Monday. Monday fun we day. We've been waiting ten years. <laughs> oh, you can wait another five. Oh god, no, I can't. <laughs> he's got a. Apparently, he's the king of Mali now. Is that what it, that story was about? Who is? He was Damon. Named, yeah, the king of. That African country. Mali. Mali. Yeah. Okay, excuse me. I said Mali. I know. I said Mali, too. And you were like, get the drug? Was is, there, like, is there some drug use involved? Uh, this is why we say it with an accent. Mali. Mali. Uh, yeah. He's the king of Mali for, I don't know, like a day. It's like giving somebody the key to the city. Like, this, what is that going to do? Nothing. Oh, it's an honor, nonetheless. It's just an honor to be considered... Uh, mm-hmm. My banks are not looking where they should be. They look fine. They're just there. They're just there. They're just chilling. How have you been? I've been doing pretty damn well, at least today. Not so good the rest of the week. <laughs> well, one out of five, uh, one out of seven, we'll take it. Yes, uh, starting starting fresh today, and see how things go from there. It's um. 
you know, getting closer to the, the big dirty 30. So I'm preparing for that. Um, but I can't really complain. I mean, there's been some, some dips in the road here and there, but things are looking up. Some cheese dips. Ooh, queso. Queso. That sounds really so, good. Uh, Ooh, we should go to Tacalicious one of these days. I know, once when we're fat cats. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'll show you my fatness. Aww. <laughs> yeah. There's some good... It's so funny. I feel like I've lived here for almost 10 years now, but I, I still feel like there's so much shit that I still haven't done. Um you know, so many trips that I want to go on and there's still, there's still so much to do. I just feel so, um, inspired by, by living here. I think, I think I made a really good choice. Um, you know, moving here and living out my twenties in San Francisco. I mean, we're always saying things are changing, you know, not for the better, but, um, I think we're making the best of all the changes. I mean, Yes, definitely. I think we're still appreciating a lot of things that are, um, that made San Francisco weird back then. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think back then it was like you kind of, it takes a while to get acclimated and to feel, you know, a certain comfort level. That's not going to happen right away. And then your willingness to explore, that's another, you know, that can take, I don't know, I didn't really start... I mean, I wasn't even of age yet when I moved here. I was in 21, so it took me, you know, at least like a year or two to to feel that way. But what the fuck have I been doing the past eight years? Mm. <laughs> I feel like it was just a, it was like a blink of an eye. But it's been a, it's been a wild, it's been a wild and crazy ride. But I'm looking forward to the next, um, the next 10 years, I guess you could say. 10 years uh-huh. ride or die <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go swimming in a swimming pool I haven't done that in probably more than that <laughs> Right I don't even know how to swim honestly Yeah I mean I, I think I, I'll once I you know put myself in that situation it'll be like oh I remember how to do all this but it's like really it's been that long <laughs> Oh my god yeah, it's been at least 12 probably 12 years since I went swimming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in the water. Yeah. Been in the pool. When we went to Vegas, I got in the pool, but it wasn't like I was actively swimming, moving around like yeah. that. But that'll be fun. There'll be some, some new things. There'll be some new things happening this year. We still have another 10 months, right? Yep. 10 months for what? Um, 10 months till 2017. Ooh! Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? Don't put a number. I know. It's gonna go by so quick now. It will. Oh, dear lord. The weather's been pretty, pretty Crazy. legit. I mean, it's been weird, but it's. I mean, it rained last night for like a split sec, right? It was. I it mean, was, it wasn't really raining. It was just I was, heavy fog. I was gonna text you when I left around five. It started. I don't know, I had some plans and then I changed them because it started to like drizzle. Yeah. And I thought, fuck, it's gonna start pouring and I'm wearing flats. Yeah, fuck 
There was a lady wearing sandals when I was riding the bus home, and um, and it was it started like drizzling, like almost to the point that it was raining. Yeah, but it, it was like, like in between, and I was like, that lady is wearing sandals. Like, who does that? You know, but. I don't guess maybe cry, she wear Crystal, them in the morning. Sorry, cry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> a tear came out of my eye because I yawned. Okay, doesn't that happen to people? Doesn't that happen to you when you like yawn? Sometimes I laugh so hard that I pee myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens to me too. I don't know. <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. That hasn't happened in a while. I'll make you laugh really hard tonight. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure of it. Or <laughs> <laughs> cry. God, that sounds scared the crap out of me. <laughs> hearing those, hearing those chains turn round and round, Who made was me that? think of the end. Somebody on a like a bicycle or a um, one of those scooters, but uh, it sounds like it's the scooter's been through it. Like it's had a couple tries <laughs> or more. Go it's about to give. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there's, I just downloaded the newest version of The Enemy, and you can download the app Enemy North America through uh, the, app, the app store, um, or whichever device you have, there's probably going to be something. Um, so they have an agenda, and if you may or may not know, there was a trial for Keisha? 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 Kesha? Kesha. She um, was trying to get out of a contract, a long contract with her producer, Dr. Luke, and apparently he's been sexually assaulting her for years, and she wants to get out of this contract, and um, people have been writing about it on social media. The w- music world unites behind pop singer uh, Kesha. Kesha. I want to say Kesha. No, it's Kesha, like ketchup. Kesha, in her lawsuit against Dr. Luke. In October 2014, she filed a lawsuit against her producer, real name Lucas Godwald, for mental manipulation, emotional abuse, and sexual assault. Dr. Luke responded by suing Kesha, Kesha. for defamation. It's like it's spelled, Kesha. <laughs> For defamation and says the claims are outright lies. On February 19th, Kesha was denied in her attempt to get an injunction to exit her recording contract with Dr. Luke's Kemosabe Entertainment, part of Sony Records. Various celebrities have since come out in support of the singer, Lady Gaga being one of them. There are people all over the world who love you. I am in awe of your bravery a Taylor Swift spokesperson. In a show of support, Taylor Swift has donated $250,000 to help with any of her financial needs during this trying time. Lord, standing with uh, Kesha Rose through this traumatic, deeply unfair time, send good vibes her way. Ariana Grande, a heart is my heart is with her. Grimes, empathy for... Uh, Kesha the worst Lily Allen my thoughts are with Kesha Rose today I'm sorry you've had to endure this experience Jack Antonoff from the band Fun Um, don't know what the legal specifics are but if you want to make something together and then leak it I'm around (laughs) alright well that's kind of that's interesting well that's a bummer that nothing has um 
changed. <laughs> Nothing has changed, but um, hopefully she'll keep she'll keep fighting it or she'll appeal it. Yeah, or something. Or they'll they'll appeal it. Yeah. Um, I have Yoko Ono in the news. Uh, this is at a pitchfork. Yoko Ono hospitalized. Uh, through initial reports, indicated o- Ono suffered a possible stroke. It was later confirmed that she actually just had flu-like symptoms. Uh, Yoko Ono was rushed to the hospital tonight in New York. This was Saturday yesterday, probably. Uh, the initial reports indicated that Ono was found unconscious at her apartment after suffering a possible stroke. Ono's representative, Elliot Mintz, told the Associated Press that she was hospitalized for flu-like symptoms on her doctor's advice. He added that she will likely be released from the hospital shortly, possibly as soon as Saturday. Update, 2.27 at 12.18 a.m. Yoko Ono's son, Sean Ono Lennon, has tweeted that his mother is fine. He says that she was just tired and dehydrated. See his tweets below. There's another update for today at 12.40, just... 20 minutes after the first update, a representative for Ono confirms that she did not have a stroke and it is and she is fine. And then update on today at 6.16 p.m., just a few minutes ago, Sean Ono Lennon has tweeted that his mother is back home and running about as usual. He says that she just felt like she had the flu. You can see his tweet below. And Ono was taken to New York's Mount Sinai Roosevelt Hospital. Her husband, John Lennon, died at the same hospital after being shot in 1980. Um, some of the tweets that Sean sent were, Hey guys, it was only rumors from press. It was not a stroke, just hydration and uh, slash tired. She is fine. Thank you, everyone, for your concern. Then another update was uh, uh, only uh, hold on, only stroke. Yoko Ono had a stroke of genius. She's really fine. Thanks for all the well wishes. Big love, Sean. And another one says, thanks again for everyone's concern. She's home just running around as usual. Just the flu in the end. I may get a flu shot now. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. No, he's like, it's not that big of a deal. No, he's like, stop freaking out. Aw, Yoko Ono is old, though, so I guess if you're older, older and you seem to uh, be getting some sort of flu, then, um, yeah, you might have to be hospitalized to prevent it becoming anything more serious. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yay, glad she's back. Mm-hmm. Back in black. And let's see, I have a music news story, album of the week. Um, You can find this in your copy of The Enemy. You can find it on their website, enemy.com, I'm sure. Or you can find it in the Enemy North America app. The Long and Winding Road. Manchester Manchester indie boys threaten their chart-friendly image with a dark, druggy, bombastic, and labyrinth second album. The 1975, I like it when you sleep, for you are so beautiful, yet so unaware of it. Ah. When a band conquers the charts with a fun but inoffensive debut album, you don't expect them to return with a 17-track follow-up that tempers pop 
tunes with swampy post-rock instrumentals and references mental health, religion, addiction, loneliness, and fame. But the 1975 whose self-titled debut album hit number one in 2013 aren't concerned with playing it safe. Frontman Matt Healy told Enemy the world needs this album, and for the most part, he's not wrong. Any record that burrows as deep into your psyche as I like it should be considered essential. It's usually clever and Riley funny too. Lead single Love Me, a post-ironic Keeley's words attack on selfie excuse her, selfie culture uh, nods to fame era Bowie, the ballad of me and my brain, all caustic guitars and snapping drum pads confronts the effect of fame on the singer's mental state with madcap black humor. The song sees him hunting his, for his brain in Sainsbury's. The elastic R&B flecked, uh, is dedicated to the effects of cocaine and Healy's addiction to it. While the crisp electro ballad, somebody else finds him refusing to let go of a dying relationship for fear of loneliness. Elsewhere, there's genuine tenderness. Nana is a gentle ode to Healy's deceased grandma. While album Closer, She Lays Down is just the singer and his guitar telling the story of his mother's postnatal depression. She's appalled by not loving me at all. These are serious moments from a band that don't take themselves too seriously and proof that the 1975 can do moving just as well as catchy. Interspersed between all that are three largely instrumental tracks of glacial post-rock. The longest, the title track, lasts for six and a half minutes. Healy says the band wanted to make this album a true representation of themselves and their generation's non-linear consumption of music. But these songs feel less vital than the rest. Bold intervals that add to the mood through melody and rhythm alone. Still, they do little to unbalance Healy's outlandish claim. And what's more exciting than a band who've got the bark and the bite? And that's the end of that story. Hmm. Uh, well, I have a quite long story, but I think this is important. Um, it's Swans Michael Higira. Higira oh. or Gira? I don't know. How to I don't know, it. but I heard about it's this. just a statement. <laughs> statement on rape accusations uh, from Larkin Grimm uh, Records. Wait, is that correct? Oh, sorry. Rape accusations from Larkin Grimm response. Sorry, Gira is an awkward mistake. Uh, or Gira is quoted as saying it's an awkward mistake, and Graham is quoted as saying this is a perfect example of why we need to have education about consent. That is very true. Uh, yesterday, singer-songwriter Larkin Graham claimed that Swan's frontman, Michael Hira, raped her in, in the spring of 2008 when she was recording the album Pop, uh, Parplar for Gira's Young God label. In a Facebook post yesterday, she said she confronted Hira, and he then dropped her from his label. Gira called Graham's accusations a slanderous lie on his personal pa- Facebook page. In an official statement through his publicist, Gira has acknowledged that uh, the spring 2008 night in question but recalls the incident as an awkward mistake. You can read his full statement below. And there's an update on that from 
today at 9.40 a.m., Grimm sent us a statement in response to Kira's comments, which she calls an admission of guilt. You can read it below. And I did read this yesterday, which is kind of quite interesting. What he said was, eight years ago, while I was still married to my first wife, Larkin Grimm, and I headed towards a, uh, a consensual romantic moment that fortunately was not consummated. As she wrote in her recent social media postings about that night, I said to her, this doesn't feel right. And abruptly, but completely, um, our only intimate encounter ended. It was an awkward mistake. Larkin may regret, as I certainly do, that ill-advised thrust went even that far. But now, as then, I, to I to hold her in high esteem for her music and her courage as an artist. I long ago apologized to my wife and family and told them the truth about this, this incident. My hope is that Larkin finds peace with the demons that she has been darkening her that has been darkening her soul since long before she and I ever met. In response to that, Grimm says, "This is a perfect example of why we need to have education about consent." In a gentlemanly move, he admits the act happened, but cannot conceive of himself as a rapist. Thank you, Michael Hira, for your honesty. This is your truth as you remember it. Unfortunately, this was still rape. I said no to you many times before uh, that day, beg you not to interfere with me sexually, even made it part of my verbal agreement we had when we, I signed contract with you. I asked you to promise that you would never have sex with me. You assured me and I could trust you um, that it was about as clear as a no as I could get uh, as I could ever cry. I asked for this because I had no other experiences in music career and I knew. And she capitalized, I knew. That night, I was far too intoxicated to give you consent for any sexual act. The psychological effects of this betrayal were de devastating, even worse. When I finally confronted you about that, you had done uh, what you have done. You determined my relationship with Young God Records, damaging my career and leading people to believe that there was something wrong with me or my music. Mm. In the end, this is all about business. Art is my career. I have worked long and hard for this career, making incredible sacrifices along the way to continue to make music. The fact that a man in power can throw a woman's life and work away like they are garbage simply because she won't sleep with him is an immoral injustice that happens to many, many women in music. I won't stand for it, and neither should you. The demons darkening my soul are the men like you who interfere with my ability to do my work as a musician. This is a job I am good at. All I want is to be left in peace while I'm working. Wow. Good for her. I was beautifully put together by her. Yes. And she said exactly, I mean, it just came out clear. So they never actually did anything, right? Uh, no, but she, um, well, he said that it almost happened. But that she had said no to him many times and he still kind of forced himself mm. on her. It didn't happen, but he still made it to like an almost, even though she had refused and said no. Basically, she's saying, I said no and you kept saying yes. And it went to the point where actually something was about to happen. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I had said that was not going to happen and still did. So that's a bummer. It's going to be really hard for her to win because 
Because, yeah, technically, technically nothing happened. But like physical interaction. Yeah. Like DNA wouldn't yeah. be able to prove it, pretty much. But still, like, the emotional and the just knowing that he got dropped out of a label um, and your music is your put on the line, your career is put on the line because somebody didn't, didn't um, want to listen to you or, um, what do you call it? It, he, take you, you seriously their advances. Your, yeah yeah um i don't know what it's called but being treated fairly you know being treated as an equal that's still not happening <laughs> and then there's also like i think like the socially people kind of accept that oh i'm a woman i shouldn't be walking alone or i shouldn't be doing this because this might happen i shouldn't yeah. be walking down a dark alley i shouldn't be walking in the mission or downtown area or anywhere for that matter by myself because yeah. you know i'm at risk i'm just a girl <laughs> so i mean i think there's something to be said for that i don't think we should have to feel that way yeah. i think we've come a long way and we should be able to take of advantage of things just yeah. like any man would i think i read this article in which basically according to science and um, historians Women and men shall be equal by uh, the year um, 2070. 70. Are we still going to be alive? <laughs> I'm going to be in my 90s. <laughs> but then maybe my grand great-grandchildren will be uh, my great-granddaughters if I ever have any. Did this article say why it's going to take that fucking long? Because it's barely starting to where people are actually listening, just listening, not doing anything. And, and according to history and how things have gone before. Developed. No, Siri, I didn't talk to you. <laughs> uh, she goes away. <laughs> She's according getting all to feminist history. Um, uh, yeah, it just it's going to take around the until the 2070s for women to be completely for women and men not just women to be above that's not what we want we want them we want to be equal for women and men to be equal um so if you have a daughter right now by the time she's 70 she will be uh treated as an equal to a man and a male mm -hmm. that's i feel like that's too long i feel like that's depressingly long we gotta speed that shit up, people. Yeah. But um, that's why it's, um, I mean, you can push it under the rug. You can pretend it's not happening, but we do have an, an election coming up, and there's certain, you know, laws in place that could be changed. There could be new laws that can be put in place that can help us. I um, have actually been wanting to do my own research because I was curious about the Equal Rights Amendment, which almost got passed in the United States. Um, I believe it was back in the 70s, and I was kind of interested, like, how come this didn't pass? And what was the, you know, I need to do more research on it. But, um, you know, the fact that there's, you know, there's there's laws and places for, you know, people of color, the... Um, you know, so that they're able, the right to vote, we do have the right to vote, but there's still a lot to be said about, like, wages and maternity leave and 
um, lots of other things that we don't really have control over. Our bodies, for instance, function differently than other people's bodies do. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's, there's like you were just saying, there's a lot of work to be done, but I do not see why it should take 50 plus years for those changes to happen. I feel like that maybe they could happen in the next, you know, a cycle of an election, you know, less than a decade. I feel like a lot of that could happen, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the timing and the fact that people are just starting to pay attention to that sort of thing. Why it took them this fucking long? I don't fucking know. I've only been here for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that... And the fight has started. The fight more. has started and probably my... You know, right before I was born, pretty much the 60s, I would say that would be the starting point. Yeah. Or a big turning point, if you will. But yeah, we still got a lot of fucking work to do, we people. Still so still have miles to go. Get educated, get out there and vote and speak your piece. Because I guess maybe with social media, there's a lot. We're he- we're hearing a lot more about these stories, like the the Cosby incident, the Kesha incident, and now the the Southern one. The West Coast. West Coast also has one. And um, there's an article yesterday. I didn't actually get to read it, but the guy apologized. So I mean, he admitted to it. So. Right. But um, there's still uh, admitting to guilt. Um, doesn't do shit. Uh, you, they actually have to prove that something happened by DNA. So that's the only way. It just kind of sucks that if you get raped, you kind of have to go and get a rape kit. Or somebody mm-hmm. has to, you have to not shower. You, with all your might, just keep all of the filth in you. And, and then the police, like, has to get the information like right away. I learned this from watching SVU. I yeah. don't know if it's no. I do, I just, I learned this from just reading about it. That's sh- that that show. That's the only way to get somebody convicted of rape. Yeah. So it was pretty much within the first, you know, t- like twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah. If you don't get, you know, DNA. Yeah. Evidence. You know, file a police report. If you don't do those things, then it's pretty much like they're gonna roam free. Yeah. There's not going to be... There's not enough evidence in word of mouth or even though a bunch of women have come up and said that the same thing happened to them. That's terrible. That's really terrible. But at least we're, t- we're talking about it. We're not, you know, skirting it under the rug. No. We're not making excuses. We're not saying everything's pink and peachy. We're, um, we're putting it out there because that's part of what we do. Um, we are a community radio s- station and we know that, you know, our, our stuff is, um, you know on the internet, I guess, if you will. We're not broadcasting on the FM dial anymore, but um, we're just happy that we're, you know, kind of a a part of that revolution for online streaming, online radio, and we're able to put that out there. We're we're technically part of the media in that way. So we're not just, you know, we talk about music a lot and we talk about different events that are happening but we also like to report on things that we're seeing in the news so i'm glad that we're able to do that tonight especially on an issue that something that kind of hits close to home that could happen to anybody that we know um or has happened to somebody that we know i know i don't i didn't know her directly but she was a girl um 
a friend of my aunt's actually was dating a skinhead back in the 80s. I think I told you this story. And he or she had broken up with him. But what happened was he ended up um, raping her and then murdering her because he didn't want anybody to find out about it and it was like this huge thing back then I think it was on the news or something like that but it just ended terribly and when I heard that story I was like wow I just can't even imagine like what that must be like for somebody not only to be raped but then murdered it doesn't just happen to the person who's being raped it's all the surrounding elements of it the guy who did it the family members the community who finds out about it and then they're like why the hell is this happening you know so I feel like it's not just affecting one or two people it's the whole society butterfly or not butterfly effect domino effect domino effect and the society needs to recognize that it's happening and take steps to prevent it from happening you know so I feel like that's something that we're still working on but that's a very obviously a very extreme case um but anyways on to the music right (laughs) on to the music (laughs) this is a music show but we sure people up even though we're talking the truth and it's important for you guys to listen to that we just went to another dimension just now we need to get back to the Um, nitty but yeah, the music um, is important. It's um, it's a healing mechanism, so we're going to use that to our advantage. <laughs> and I did a lovely interview with Lisa Vitrone, who's uh, from the New York City area, and she's going to be playing a show in New York City uh, coming up next week cool. on Tuesday. So you're going to want to find her website, lisavitrone.com, and we'll be playing that interview shortly. But I think we should play um, a couple songs before that. Yeah, let's get so, her feet wet. Let's do that.
Canada. You clean a wall and 
the young soul rebels. I'm searching everywhere. I can't find them anywhere. Where have you hidden them? Maybe, maybe you should. Maybe you should welcome a new soul vision. Welcome a new soul vision. This is to the show, right? Um, all the time. I don't think she knows what streaming is. I don't think she knows what the internet is. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's from another dimension. Why did we just listen to? That was There There, My Dear. There There. By Dexie's Midnight Runners, who I don't know if they're officially back together or I think they did a UK tour not that long ago, I wanna say maybe two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. But that would be cool if they ever, they would probably... They should do the festival circuit. Yeah, because I don't, I mean, I guess they're popular, but I'm not... I just know, come on, I Yeah, mean. I mean, that one they're pretty well known for. But other than that... But hey, um, Hollow Notes did it. That's true. And they're from the same era, sort of. Yeah, but they're American though, right? Yeah, but... Dexies is like kind I of mean, a American. American. But you never know, right? Stranger things have happened. Stranger things will happen. This before that was the Sundays with a certain someone, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And before that was John Cale, who was a good friend of David Bowie's and was also one of the founding members of the Velvet Underground. And he's done a lot of. I've seen him perform once a long time ago. He did a free, free show at Amoeba back back in the day. So I went to check him out. Um, I think it was mostly acoustic. Did you get to meet him? No, I did not get to meet him, but I remember just thinking, wow, like he was in the Velvet Underground and he's right in front of me. <laughs> but, so that was cool to be able to see him. Uh, fear is a man's best friend. <laughs> and um, before that was the choral uh, in the morning. <laughs> That's the name of the song. Um, before that was the pop group, and the song's called How Much Longer. <laughs> How much longer will they stay away from touring? But they just toured last year. It was the first time I think they'd ever done a tour of the States. So that was a treat um, to be able to catch them live because we don't know. I don't know if they'll ever come back to the States, but maybe if there's enough. If there's enough demand, you never know. This, I remember the show I went to was during the week, and it was pretty... I don't know if it was sold out, but the floor... Pretty packed. Yeah, it was It was definitely When it's uh, Great Americans, right? Mm-hmm. So that place gets pretty... It gets packed pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And before that was Oingo Boingo, who will never get back together, but never say never. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a lad... And yeah, that's that was a pretty good, pretty diverse set. I, I liked. 
didn't haven't been keeping up with that too often but you you I'm always surprising myself yeah that's all I can say oh you have talent oh so we do have it's not really breaking news if you have a Facebook account but we were planning on going to see Johnny Marr on Tuesday or Monday excuse me breaking news (laughs) (laughs) um we don't know if he's going to be yeah. here. Time for the show. It's a sold out show at the end. You might have to reschedule or give us our money back. Plus the $3 of, of printing money fees. <laughs> yes, because I did ask for physical tickets. Yeah, me too. But, um, or, I mean, you did. Yes, yes I did. <laughs> but I'm thinking, well, he, they rescheduled the Sacramento show, so maybe they'll reschedule the San Francisco show. But I know the Indy's pretty like back to back to back. But um, keep your fingers crossed. When we wake up Monday morning, he will be already be on his way <laughs> across the He'll Atlantic. Already be singing into our ears. Are you okay? I almost fell over, and that was a good omen. I'm taking that as a good omen. Okay then, you're okay. <laughs> I did almost fall over. <laughs> you're a bit drunk. Because because if I saw that man, woof, I don't know what I would do. Oh my god, he's, he's so sexy. If he's like, we saw him at the Fillmore. That's one thing, and the Fillmore's pretty intimate. But the indie, that's more than intimate. That's like, I'm gonna be sitting like right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. It's like we're trying to describe how our face looks right now. So, <laughs> just imagine tongues hanging and eyes closed and eyes winking. That's all you need to know. My eyes were winking. They're not closed. One of them was open. So Always keep one eye open, Aisha. Yes. Because you never know <laughs> you what's never around know. the corner. And Oh, and I was thinking about going to see Daniel Miller, who started Mute Records, a very famous, um, you know, I guess you could say back then, indie label. Um, he started it in, I think, around the same time he was working with Depeche Mode and he worked with Yazoo and then he worked with Erasure and then now he works with New Order and now he works with Gary Newman. Like he just works with all the right, he, he started everybody out and now he's working with all the right people now. So <laughs> he's in a good spot. But anyways, he's the founder of Mute Records. He's doing a DJ set tomorrow at the Monarch in San Francisco. It's a small bar um south of market street um still considering going to that and the price is pretty affordable too it's like ten dollars to get in um and then johnny marr that takes place that'll be monday at the independent hopefully you already got your tickets though because that's sold out um i already told crystal her birthday surprise Yay! is best coast and waves at the independent so we will be going uh to that show we'll be going to the indie this week regardless of what fate tells us regardless of johnny <laughs> that'll be kind of a big blow for us and then later this month is the smashing pumpkins in plain song they're playing with liz fair is that this right month? this is march oh did you have a heart attack yeah i was like wait i thought we had an extra day in February. 
later later i'm sorry i meant later next month which is not that far away the end of march um I'm pretty sure that one's sold out by now because... Yeah, because when we try to get tickets the day of... I mean, it was like it was like a stroke of... We're not even going to sit together. But we're going to see each other. We're going to be like, girl, how you doing over there? And um, that'll be a treat. Yes! <laughs> and it's it's going to be at the Masonic, yeah. so we know. It's... Well, you recently saw Smashing Pumpkins, but I haven't seen them since 2004. I saw him. Oh, I saw him during the summer. You did. Yeah, it was good with Marilyn Manson. That was um, definitely a thumbs up. And I was like, okay, I had a good experience at Concord Pavilion. Definitely going back, or definitely would go back. I don't know if I want to, but would. (laughs) If I had to. If If they're dragging me. If if it's somebody I just can't resist. And the tickets were cheap. They were twenty bucks. Ow. Yeah. So I couldn't resist. Group on. Group on. Then, of course, Iggy and Josh Home are going to be at Masonic as well on March 31st. That'll be um, a Josh treat and a half. Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry, but he's so sexy. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. And then I think I told you about this art exhibit that's going to be happening. Bill Graham, Bill who Graham, I did Jewish. not know he was a German Jew, like my grandfather. Um, it's a small world, but they're going to be having a tribute to him. Cause so his name's Wilhelm. Mm-hmm. Wilhelm Graham. (laughs) Apparently, he didn't want anybody to know, but um, there's going to be an exhibit of his work at the Contemporary Jewish Museum, and people will be, people who have worked with him over the years are going to be there as well. Valina Brown is part of the San Francisco Mime Troupe. She's going to be um, speaking about her experience working with him. And I think there was another one. Oh, here's another one. Bob Greenfield. Um, he is the author of several classic rock books. Um, A Journey Through America with the Rolling Stones. So he's going to be there as well. So I'm going to try to catch one of those. Um, that'll be interesting. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things coming up so facebook is a pretty good way to kind of keep it all under control (laughs) if you're like if you're like us and you're just always wanting to uh catch a live show or yeah anything of that nature keeps them more organized Mm -hmm. and uh, i did do an interview earlier today with Lisa Vitrone. Um, she's based um, on the East Coast in uh, Long Island, New York City, and um, one of my favorite uh, cities that I've been to. And uh, she's currently get, uh, planning on possibly coming out to the West Coast over the summer. So you might be seeing her then. But uh, let's take a listen to the interview I did earlier today and see what she has to say. I'm doing great. I'm. I would be better if I was in California. I think, but <laughs> otherwise, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the weather feels like it's going to be pretty amazing today. We've been having some 
from the from summer weather, I guess you could say, with intermittent showers. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I mean, <laughs> the second it hits like over 50 degrees, I am, you know, dresses mm-hmm. all the way, sandals even. Like, I'm just ready. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, tell us a little bit about um, what you've been doing recently music-wise and your current project. Okay, so I, um, I've been writing songs for as long as I can remember and finally decided, you know, saved up and recorded my first EP. Um, we did it at a studio here in Roslyn on Long Island, and it's a different take. It's very interesting to see like, and feel how your songs come to life like with different people that you play with. So we did um, three of my songs. We recorded full band, Heavy Love, 1969, and um, Wanderlust. And then one of my good friends, Mike Gerver, who I play with in another band, went in and we did a few acoustic songs of mine. And it's really exciting because I've never had something professionally done, really, We've, mm-hmm. It's always been basement recordings or just, like, crappy voice memos on my phone. So it's very cool to hear it, you know, professionally done. And I'm putting that out on March 1st, so I've been trying to push it as much as possible. You know, it's hard because I hate listening to myself. I just can't do it. Um, so it's hard for me to be like, everyone else listens to this. Like, who knows if they want to? No. But right. I'm really excited to share it with everyone. And it's good to have something concrete because a lot of people come up to me after performance and be like do you have anything that I could like listen to in the car on my way home and a lot of times Mm. it's like you don't want to give them something subpar so (laughs) and where can people find out more about you online so I have a website com, and I also am on Facebook a lot of my information goes there first because I feel like that reaches the biggest audience. My Facebook is Lisa Patron Music. Um, and obviously I have an Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram even though that's more about food than anything else because I like to bake. So you'll see that. You'll be like, is this the right person? Um, and my Instagram name is Lisa Patron. Awesome. And how would you describe your music for someone who has never been able to see you perform or hear the music yet? Um, so I'm definitely a blues singer, uh, for sure. But I write, you know, blues rock songs, a little bit of jazz influence, and the rare pop song. It doesn't happen often. But I bring that blues influence with me to every song. Um, and I've, I got a lot of comparisons to Janis Joplin just because I am a total hippie, like, everyone doesn't understand where I came from (laughs) because that's how I dressed, and they're like, what is this? Um, But, yeah, I've always been like that, and I definitely have a throwback vibe to my music. Like, it doesn't sound like something that would be on the radio now, even though a lot of that is kind of making a comeback Mm -hmm. with, like, Hozier and L. King, like, they're blues artists. Um, But, yeah, blues rock, very 60s. That's awesome. And you're going to be performing live in New York City on Tuesday night. Uh, can you give yes. us a little background on what to expect if we were to attend the show? Is it going to be acoustic? Is it going to be electric? Is it going to be a hybrid of the two? 
Um, so it's acoustic. It's at Session 73, which is a great bar on the Upper East Side. Um, <laughs> if anyone there is planning a visit. <laughs> and, um, it's me and my good friend and guitarist for the past two and a half years, I want to say, Jordan Shemtob. He always plays with me. Um, we do acoustic versions of songs that you wouldn't imagine acoustic. So some Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and The Doors. So, yeah, we, we try to, like, quiet that down a little bit for a bar setting because they're an acoustic bar. But, yeah, um, so it's going to be acoustic blues and it's going to be fun. There are a few of my originals, too. That's great. And what are your plans for the future? I know that we talked about your playing shows more locally, but what do you see yourself doing in the next year or so with the current project? Um, well, this is very hard for me because I kind of live day by day and see what I can get done in a day instead of planning mm-hmm. so ahead. But um, right. I'm going to push my EP a lot. I know I have a lot of like press outlets that are doing interviews and coverage, so hopefully that gets to as wide of an audience as possible. And then just play a lot. I, I'm in a tribute band. I'm in a tribute band for the 60s. It's called Just 60s. Um, it's the longest-running tribute band to the 60s in the country, actually. And so I've been playing with them. I have a busy summer coming up with them. I'm also in a trio called Less Than Three, and I'm putting together my own band again because that's always, you know, fluctuating. It's hard to pin people down. But I'm working on that. And then shows with Jordan. So I have a busy summer, and hopefully following year when Jordan graduates, we'll be able to take it out on the road a little bit more. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so you might possibly tour with some of these other bands or... I mean, hopefully. We, mm-hmm. especially with just 60s, we are looking into going, you know, tri-state area more because right now we're based mostly in New York. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen a lot of interest in Florida. A few venues down there want us, huh. um, especially because for older people, you know, like right. they that's their era, so they want to hear it and we want to play right. it. So <laughs> that's what we're looking into. And a lot of, like, the casinos we're trying to push out there so hopefully we'll be touring a little bit more with them and then anybody who I can drag with me around the country to play I would love to (laughs) (laughs) who would you say is a big musical inspiration for you besides Janis Joplin um definitely Eric Burden of the Animals he's probably my favorite voice of all time um, the Beatles kind of go without saying, uh, the Stones, Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Charles, I love Ray Charles, um, Joe Cocker, and, I mean, there are just so many that I, you know, I could sit here and list for, like, hours and hours, and nobody wants to hear that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I couldn't pinpoint all of them, Grace Flick, there are too many, <laughs> The list goes on and on. And would you say more <laughs> of the musical style that they have that influences you, or is it like the attitude, or is it a combination? I think it's like a combination. I mean, obviously, like Keith Richards is the model attitude that I want to have. You know, he just doesn't care, <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> um, but I am, you know, like, I, like. 
I love the way they dress. I love the vibe. I love that a lot of those bands have a political message to their songs. That's kind of missing now. I think it's coming back. Um, and then musically, you know, nobody's going to get better than the Stones. Like, you, you could listen to them forever. Everything sounds different, and it's awesome, and it's just, you know. So everything about them influences me. I try to learn from everyone and take a little bit, but make it my own. www.lisavatrone.com My name is spelled V-E-T-R-O-N-E not like Patron. I get that a lot. Um, mm. And I am releasing the EP on Bandcamp. So all of my links will be up on my website and on Facebook. But if um, I'll just say it now. Anyway, it's lisavatrone.bandcamp.com is where you'll find it. You know how, like, 
like I listened to the Ramones in the car today, and it's such a New York like tough sound, and it feels like that's coming from here, you know. But I don't yeah. think my music is specifically um, influenced by where I am. Definitely not Long Island. <laughs> the Ramones are so New York, <laughs> but then they also kind of sound like the Beach Boys too, right? Because that's what they were listening to growing up they're listening to the beach boys and then you know the british invasion so it's good that's kind of interesting that you brought that up i love the ramones so yeah me too <laughs> i totally agree with that statement and how do you how do you feel about recording do you feel like it's something that you prefer to do at home in the privacy of your bedroom or do you think it's better to have access to an engineer and be in the recording studio well, okay, so definitely have somebody else record me because I have no idea what I'm doing. I repel technology. I don't know how to use it. I cannot record myself, and I don't want to because then I'd have to listen to myself. <laughs> but, no, I actually would prefer if I didn't have to think about it at all. Like, I think the heart of what I do is in my live performance. I love having an audience, and I love being in the moment with a song, and I think... That recording, it's like you'll do 20 takes of a song and you can only feel so much on the 20th take because you're putting your all into every take and it feels a little bit more contrived because you want it to sound as good as possible, but maybe some of those little inflections and phrasings and, you know, screams aren't there by the time you're on the 20th take because you've done it so many times. So if I couldn't, if I didn't record at all or didn't have to worry about it, I wouldn't, but People want to hear it, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Well, it was great speaking with you today, Lisa, and we look forward to a possible visit from you on the West Coast, possibly. Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aisha. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, it was nice to touch base with you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, she's so sweet. She's such a sweetie. <laughs> she indeed is. She sounds really nice. She is. I'm sure of it. Uh, Lisa Vitrone. Uh, not Patron, she told me. <laughs> Aww. Uh, if you want to find out more about her, lisavitrone.com. Um, I have two of her songs queued up, or I, d I have one at the moment. Um, she has, it looks like she has some covers on her website, but she's going to be releasing the EP on March 1st, so hopefully we'll be able to check check out some of her original material through Bandcamp. So that'll be that'll be a treat for us. And that was a fun conversation to have. I mean, it was kind of a refreshing interview for me, hearing her perspective on music, being from a different part of the country, yeah. and just feeling like, oh, we have we have so many things in common. She has great taste. Yeah. <laughs> and then her website is really cool, and she has some great pictures on there. And she also has a Facebook page, so you want to check that out. And then apparently she's going to be in um california hopefully at some point during the summer so that would be fun to check out a live show or maybe she'll come in here and do a live performance and um, you never know what could happen 
during the summertime. Summer is forever. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, that makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> you weirdo. Just play the, the cover songs. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear Lisa's version of Latch.
My favorite thing to see at a concert would be not necessarily hiccuping, but like somebody who's like belting out songs. That was Lisa Vitrone, by the way. She has an amazing voice. She's going to be releasing her new EP on March 1st through Bandcamp. So you want to check that out. And that's her cover of Sam Smith's song. I think it's called Latch. I don't know why this is... See how it's like canceling it out? Oh, okay. Maybe just... Yeah, I just had to reload. Yeah, that was Latch by Sam Smith, and Lisa covered that song. Next, we'll play her version of Foxy Lady. But I was thinking it would be hilarious if somebody was, you know, doing their thing on stage, and it was relatively serious, right? Like, they're belting it out, and somebody just starts hiccuping or having a conversation or being, you know, doing something that they typically shouldn't be doing and they just lose it they like stop the set people who hiccup can't help it i know i must say that i know right now like i can't help this but theoretically if somebody who's performing loses their shit jumps jumps to that person and tries to strangle them with the microphone cord that would go viral (laughs) (laughs) that would be pretty funny right it would be i would watch that i I, i'll youtube it I have some ideas that I have to put into motion. (laughs) I'm so mean as you're like, I can't breathe. But anyways, um, we also aired my lovely interview with Lisa Vitrone. She's going to be playing a show um, that you can find out more about her at lisavitrone.com. She's playing shows locally in New York, but hopefully eventually she will make it out to California. We would love to have her. I feel like there's like a mutual understanding based, especially with that kind of music, especially in, you know, the Bay Area being as, you know, we're San Francisco, the summer of love. Um, you know, Berkeley's right over there, so. <laughs> <Can't say>. <laughs> <laughs> this is this started when we talked about guava juice. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was the, the guava juice that did this to me it because it was f- fizzy uh, guava juice. But there was something about it that alerted me. I don't know if it was like the bottle it was in or the color. I was like, "What's that shit?" <laughs> We need to find out what that shit is, because I want to guzzle it. (laughs) I think people people are probably confused as to what show they're listening to. Okay, if you are just tuning in, I have the hiccups, and I apologize sincerely, because I can't help it, and I drink a lot of water, and I drink fizzy juice, and I feel like this is the outcome of that. So I apologize for being so annoying and not putting the server's really mad at into you. Into right it, now. it just got really loud. I, don't know I know I've been like, listening to it the whole night, and it's really scary because I feel like that computer's just gonna like explode. explode. But um, it's been here all these years. Yeah, it's been here since I've been here. Since the beginning. Since you've been gone. Anyway, and I was, was really loud. I was thinking of. <laughs> playing uh, her other track Foxy Lady. Yes. <laughs> No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. 
one of our locals Jimi hendrix (laughs) i said well technically not really lisa vitrone covering foxy lady as i remember and apparently she's in an all 60s cover band called just 60s and i think that's kind of interesting i feel a beautiful band name yeah i feel like i've heard of it but not really quite sure but anyways, she was our guest this week, and really enjoyed interviewing her. Um, again, her website is lisavitrone.com, and unfortunately, we're not going to be here next week. We have the Comedy Festival, so if you're a big fan of comedy, uh, go to our website, meetmeradio.fm, buy a pass for... One show for the day for the entire festival. It's going to be happening March 2nd through March 6th, I believe. Um, I think it's like four or five days of comedy. And it's one of our big fundraisers for the year. And we need that money to stay open and not hiccup ourselves to death. That's the main reason. We're trying not to drink ourselves into death. I'm worried about you. <laughs> this this is a serious you. case. Do you need me to scare you? No. Do you need me to I've fall over? I've had instances where I've had the hiccups for like a whole hour, so I'm hoping this is not one of those instances. <laughs> I'll fall over but, um, if that helps. <laughs> I'll fall over in my Usually chair. distracting me or scaring me or something <laughs> will help. Okay. <laughs> there we go. See? Let's okay. see if it works. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. It wasn't scary. That wasn't really scary. Well, let's see. You scared me, so. Oh, okay, good. And I haven't hiccups, so. It might be the right. You, I might have to keep you around tonight. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> 
No, I know why you don't like carbonated drinks. <laughs> okay, play some music. I can't. Alright, got some. Hands, <laughs> 